Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. No matter where you are in the world, I'd like to welcome you back to another episode of Whose World Is This? With me, your host, Junior Renee Bobrun. If you are a first-time listener, I'd like to welcome you. If you are a regular listener, I'd like to welcome you back to this special conversation between you and I. First-time listeners, very glad uh, to see you. Um, I've noticed an uptick in numbers, so I'm acknowledging you guys uh, uh, right now directly. And for my regular listeners, thank you, because I'm pretty sure it's because of you guys sharing the content that there is an uptick in listenership, because I haven't done anything different marketing-wise. I haven't shared it with more people. As a matter of fact, I don't really share my show. I don't have... A lot of the mechanisms in place to just have it, you know, you know, just share, share, share or automatically share it with people. I don't do that. I mean, I just it's available on Spotify, Apple, iTunes, uh, Google podcasts, things of that nature. And either people are finding it or what I think it really is, is that you listeners, regular listeners are sharing it. I am encouraging you to share the content with the people that you think would be interested in it. Even if it's someone who disagrees with this content, but you feel that maybe I've articulated a particular point in a way that they need to hear, share that with them too. And people that you feel need to hear some of the content because it maybe it, it serves as a positive reinforcement or maybe it's something that someone needs to hear in a time of need because that's what I've heard. One of the uh, one of my previous episodes really served as a, I don't know, a source of, I don't know, strength or, or, or positive reinforcement for a person that was going through something. And to hear that was encouraging. I, I really appreciate it. I'm not saying that. I'm not being corny when I say, you know, it's, 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 it's encouraging to me to hear that these words actually have redeemable value to others. Because uh, that's the only reason why I'm doing this. I'm not doing this to hear myself speak. As a matter of fact, I don't listen to any of my episodes over again. So I don't hear myself speak. You know, I get this out and I literally keep it moving. I have to be reminded of things that I said because it's a stream of consciousness. I will forget. Someone has to say to me, oh, June, in this episode, you said such and such. And I'll go, really? I said that? I'm like, wow, that's, that's pretty good. You know, <laughs> because it, it's just. Like I said, free-flowing consciousness. In any case, let's do a little bit of house cleaning. I'd like you guys to check out my, w well, not my website, the website of our sponsor, onelavi.com. That is O-N-E-L-A-V-I.com. This is where I go for my supplemental needs. This is where I go for my vitamins. This is where I go for my sports nutrition. This is where I go for my supplements. This is where I go for my functional food. Okay, this is where I'm, I'm actually, matter of fact, right now I'm on the site and I am picking up zinc, the NutriMelt zinc. I'm not saying for you to pick up the NutriMelt zinc. I'm saying check out their zinc, do your own due diligence and say, hey, listen, for the price and and um, the ingredients and how it's sourced and the uh, um, um, certifications and uh, that it's met. This might be a pretty good zinc. So I am directing you to go to that site and see for yourself, just like with the information that we give on this show. I always tell people, hey, don't take my word for it. D you know, do your own diligence, you know, <clears throat> go go check it out. Go fact check me. Go do all of that. It's, it's not holy writ. 
you know um i consider myself someone who makes educated guesses and comes to conclusions based on my experience based on what i know based on patterns and i and then a metric is created but please feel free to check on all of my information and everything on your own you know uh and i i encourage you to do that with everybody your news outlets people are telling you what to do what to say how to act what to take etc etc please double and triple check them in any case one lavi.com i'm picking up the nutrimelts which one is this nutrimelts sink 25 milligrams boost immune system yeah yeah 60 melting tablets lemon flavor only 19.99 that's a good price that's a good price in a day and age when we are appropriately preoccupied with our immune system health for obvious reasons do i need to go into detail i think you've been inundated in your news reports and in conversation with family, friends, colleagues, coworkers, etc., etc., about what's going on as far as certain things are concerned. <clears throat> Let's just say, regardless of what's going on in the world, we need to be fortifying ourselves nutritionally because our food, unfortunately, is bereft of a lot of the nutrients we're eating we're in a highly processed food paradigm right now never in the history of the world has food been eaten by people so so far away from the sources of their food you don't know where your food is coming from you have no clue it's alaskan this it's chinese uh, fish lake over here you're eating things from all over you have no clue your food is not locally sourced. A lot of the you go to your supermarket, that supermarket doesn't represent a true farmer's market of farms that are within 50 to 100 miles of where you're living. Your food sometimes is traveling thousands of miles, frozen, filled to the brim with preservatives just to keep it from spoiling on its route. So that's what you're taking in. And then you have to cook it half to death, whatever it is, steaming and cooking your vegetables, et cetera, et cetera, and getting your meat sourced out of the country. You know, we have 50 contiguous United States that we're getting meat from out of our country. Why? But anyway, like I said, I digress. Our food is as highly, it's, it's, as, uh, it's the most processed in the history of the world. So as of right now, fortifying yourself with some farmers markets going to farmers markets and fortifying yourself with supplements that have the right amount of uh, 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 mineral and nutrient density to actually do what it's supposed to be doing for you is paramount it's essential it's necessary it's not a bonus it's not a luxury so yeah go to onelavi.com check it out i mean i think that's as good of a plug as any sponsor can ask for i mean truthfully speaking geez that was good but anyway <laughs> and also you know to go to chaveshouse.com that's the home of the lenore batista journal series where the, uh, women you can get your journals is for uh daily life uh monthly uh goals and aspirations you have gratitude journals and the love letters to myself and the she thought she could so she did the i am loved i am worthy i am powerful journal series as well as the home of the essential self-publishing success blueprint which is still in print and it was the number one uh, uh, book on amazon in its genre and it's a book that i'm using right now to write my first book that should be published either by the end of this year or 
next year. Also, we have a whole line of uh, notebooks, decorative notebooks. I don't care if you're going for your PhD or you're just getting to middle school. If you're a parent looking for gifts for your for your kids or if you're in school yourself, definitely check out the notebooks. You can go to ChavezHouse.com or you can go to Chavez House Publishing on Amazon and look through the whole list of fitness journals, daily logs, notebooks, self the essential self-publishing success blueprint. We have all of that. All right. Well, since the show is growing, I think I'm going to have to start looking for some, uh, I'm going to start reaching out to some new sponsors or some people to help this show. Like I said, I want to turn this into profit. Um, and just, just to start that off with the passion, turning your passions into profit, want to give you guys my cash app, which is dollar sign, the dollar sign, not actually spelling out D O L L A R the actual sign for the dollar sign J U N B E A U that's dollar sign June bow. That's my cash app for donations towards the show or towards a particular cause, which we're going to speak about today. That cause is going to be the people that are suffering from the earthquake in Haiti. We'll get to that. Dollar sign Junebo. So I definitely encourage you guys to go to my cash app and um, check that out. Go to my uh, Instagram, whose world is this 2021, and you find everything in that link tree. Definitely go sign up. Definitely go follow that page because the link tree is going to have everything there. Link to each of the books, link to the cash app, link to the shows, whether it's on Spotify, iTunes, Google podcasts and everything like that. What are we going to name this episode? If you're a new listener, I title all of my episodes. And with that title, we, I, I attempt to make as many inroads back to that title as possible during the stream of consciousness. And I'm going to name this episode or title this episode just what the doctor ordered. Or can, may I play doctor? Kind of playing around with those two titles right there. May I play doctor for a moment or just what the doctor ordered? Why am I calling that? Are we going to speak about medicine? No. We're not going to speak about medicine. We're going to be speak about something else. We're going to speak about charity. We're going to speak about generosity of the spirit. That's what we're going to speak about. Um, why am I going to speak about that? A couple of days ago, I get a call from a friend of mine who I haven't spoken to in a couple of years. I gave him my number about a year or so ago uh, when I changed numbers, I think it was two years ago, and I said, hey, listen, texted him. I said, this is June. This is my new number. Save it. Probably the last time I'm going to change numbers, this is it. He was like, all right, dude, cool. Hadn't spoken in a while. He calls me out the blue, literally two days ago. This is hot off the presses. And he goes, and I look at his number. I see his name, and I go, whoa, wow. I'm like, yo, dude, what's going on? He's like, June. How are you feeling? How's everything going? I'm like, I'm good. How about you? He's like, I'm doing all right. He said, what's going on with your family in Haiti? And I, I was a little taken aback because I, I'll, I'll tell you why. It's because, you know, I thought that he was going to ask, how am I doing in the midst of shutdowns and quarantines and mandates and things of that nature? Um, not a lot of people have called me about that part. 
Not a lot, truth be told. And um, when he said that, I said, whoa, uh, yeah, that's that's a uh, thanks for asking. I, I, I'm still working on that. What did I mean by that when I said I'm still working through that or still working on that? As you guys know, or if you didn't know, uh, about a couple of months ago, the president of Haiti was assassinated. OK. And uh, after that, there was an earthquake in Haiti. <laughs> so it's like this country can't get a break. And when this president was assassinated, there were a lot of my family members that were in Florida at the time. Now, these are the kind of Haitians who don't leave Haiti for, no, for, for nothing. They have the money, they have the means, they have the option, but they stay. No matter what's going on, it can be all kinds of protests, it can be blood in the streets, these people have businesses, things of that nature, they stay. So when these particular family members were in Florida, and I said, hey, what's going on? They said, yeah, we're in Florida. I said, for how long? They said, uh, we don't know when we're leaving. And I said, man, if this group of people left, that means it's a lot worse than I think it is. It's a lot worse than even uh, 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 the media is reporting because these are the people that don't leave. So after that, um, the earthquake occurs. Now, the same people that were in Florida would be the same people that I would be calling and contacting in Haiti to say, hey, how can I help? How can I help? So with these people being in Florida and all those things going on in Haiti, I'm saying to myself, I don't know where to send money or supplies to right now to make sure that it's going to the people that are on the ground that need it. Why I'm going to say this, my friend who called me, he said, June, when I found out about the earthquake and everything, I was waiting for a moment to call you because I know how you are. I know you always find a way to get things to the people on the ground. Why is he saying that? Let's rewind back to January 12th, the year 2010. January 12th, 2010, Haiti suffered a more brutal, a more disastrous, a more catastrophic earthquake that hit at the center of the city in Port-au-Prince, Haiti, in Port-au-Prince. Now, when this earthquake hit, huh, yeah, rough times. We're getting called. I was living in South Florida at the time. I was living in Palm Beach County at the time. We're getting calls in the middle of the night because my mother's family lives two hours outside of the city of where ground zero of the earthquake. Two hours outside of the city, but so many people, obviously, from the countryside where my mother's from, dirt road, country, farmers, rural area, so many people leave the country to do what? Go to the city. That's where the schools are. That's where the jobs are. That's where the opportunities are, etc. So, so many people from the country end up in the city in Port-au-Prince. So now... I'm, I'm there, my mom's there, my brother's there, everyone. The phone rings and I hear my mom scream. What's going on? Just found out such and such has died. First cousin died. Second cousin died. Third cousin died. Every single day, all I was receiving was reports of who died. Okay? My grandmother, thankfully, was alive. She died three, four months later due to other health concerns that she had. It had nothing to do with anything earthquake related. Our hometown was not affected by the earthquake. They barely felt a tremor. Everything hit 
Port-au-Prince. It was so bad that in the countryside, men would leave with pickup trucks filled with empty wooden coffins in the back of the pickup truck to go to the city and go find the bodies of the men and women and children from that hometown that moved to the city. And they would come back either that night or the next day with coffins filled. Can you even imagine that? Two hours, get to a city that's been destroyed by an earthquake to go find bodies. So, so many family members were giving addresses to uh, these men who were going into the city. Here's, here's where my son worked. Here's where my daughter worked. Here's where my grandson worked. Here's where my, gran here's where my niece, my nephew worked or, or went to school. And that's what was going on every single day. Then Anderson Cooper gets on the ground. CNN is on the ground. And... Um, they're saying it's difficult for the Red Cross and, and, and aid organizations to get things on the ground to people in need and etc. So now I'm on the phone frantically. I'm saying to family and friends, hey, listen, um, because here's what's going on. The people who did survive survived with only the shirts on their backs. They have no money. They have no cars. They have no businesses. They have nothing. So now what are they doing? They have no place to go. They're going back to their hometowns. Guess what? They're going back to a hometown that can't feed these people. that don't have enough money to feed themselves and everyone else that's coming back to the countryside from whence they came. Conundrum after conundrum after conundrum. Compounded conundrums. So here I am. I'm on the phone with certain family members. I'm like, hey, listen, um, find out what wiring service is available. You know, find out because, you know, there are these little quaint Internet cafes. When I go to Haiti, I would go to these little country Internet cafes, let everybody know I'm OK. This, that and the third. I said, Get, call me back. Find out if such and such as Internet cafe can take payments and if his Internet is running and et cetera, et cetera. I'm coordinating all of this from Palm Beach, Florida and with a couple of family members that are on the ground. And I'm finding out who's coming back to live with who and who needs clothes, et cetera, et cetera. Who needs food? We need more rice grain from the market. We need this, we need that. We need more plantains. We, uh, you know, this is, so then I go, all right. I find a way to send money. At the time, I'm personal training at a gym. It's a gym I used to work at the front desk. I was no longer working at the front desk in 2010. I was working as a personal trainer. I was sneak training people on the down low so I didn't have to pay the actual gym any money you know, to train. A lot of people wanted to train with me because they knew me and I was in great shape at the time, so they trained with me. On top of that, I was in junior college, which is now a four-year college, in junior college before I transferred to St. John's University, which was the end of 2010. But this is spring 2010, January, actually the beginning of my last semester in junior college, right, where I have the whole world. I'm wondering, where am I going? Am I going to Cornell? Am I going to St. John's? Am I going to Amer uh, uh, Georgetown or George Washington? You know, this is what I was thinking about when the semester started, about, I think, a week before this tragedy occurred. And now my whole everything is upside down. My mom is nervous she's so happy my grandmother and her brother are still are safe but people are it's it's chaos what do i do i go to school i tell people people are asking me june what's going on how can we help june how can we help i said hey listen every little bit counts 
You have five bucks to spare. I'll take it. Do not be ashamed. Don't feel, oh, I don't have a lot of money to give. I really wish I could do more. I know you wish you could do more, but all you can do is what you can do. So if you got five, 10, 15, 20, you got $25, give it to me. You have $2,500, give it to me. Give me, give me, give me. You have clothes, you have old dresses, you have old swimming trunks and tank tops and sneakers and shoes and whatever you can give me, give me. Listen to me now, ladies and gentlemen. I'm watching CNN. This is about a week or two, two weeks after the disaster. So your major news networks keep telling me that there's no way to get food and supplies to the people on the ground. They're telling me that the most stable, the largest aid organizations on the planet Earth can't seem to get food to the people. <clears throat> Let me tell you something. I fed a town by myself with no organization in place. I watched the news. I spit at my television screen, literally. I was like, to hell with you, how dare you lie? How is it that I'm able to send money all the way to the countryside? To people that are going from the country to the city, traveling the two hour and change distance every day, picking up coffins, picking up corpses, picking up survivors, picking up all these, what are you talking about? You can't get to these places. How is it that I'm getting to these places while I'm in Palm Beach, Florida? I went to so many people's homes. You listening to me? I went to so many people's homes. People said, hey, June, listen, um, I left the key to my house. Um, I, here's the pin to my alarm system. I, I left three boxes of clothes right in my foyer. Pick it up. Um, open up my garage. I'm going to leave my garage open for you between the hours of noon and 1 or 2 p.m. And I got a bunch of stuff there. It's going to say for June on it. People gave me so many great items. I gave so much money that I alone, along with the people who helped, just me, just me coordinating, getting on the phone, emailing, getting on the phone, emailing. I fed a town. Hundreds of pounds of rice were bought. Plantains, coconuts, fruits from the market. Boom. I took care of that. While, while, every, while, while CNN was in Fox or whoever else, and Anderson Cooper was on the ground with his microphone in his hand, looking well coiffed without a hair, with a hair, not one hair out of place, telling me that everyone's hands were tied on the ground, that they're trying, you know, with their disaster porn crying you know all of a sudden right then find out years later that so much of the money and the aid that was supposed to go to the people on the ground i don't know if you guys recall this uh, many of my many of my listeners from south florida and many of my listeners from new york city will remember that about a year or so later a lot of that money that was collected by a lot of the aid organizations did not go to the people on the ground i got the money and within minutes I was sending it within a day within 24 hours whatever was given to me I was putting right back into circulation on the ground where the people needed the most needed it the most meanwhile these these organizations be wary I love people I loathe institutions we'll get back to that so here we are a friend of mine calls me 
says, hey, June, man, I, I, um, I'd love to help, etc., etc. What are you doing? Because I know you. I know it's going to get to the people if I go through you. I go, I just found out some family members of mine went back to Haiti after the assassination. You know, things have cooled down. And these are the people that I trust. These are the people that I know when I give them something, it goes, it gets on the ground, etc., and things happen. Mind you, just to let you know how I knew the things that I did impacted, January 12th was the earthquake. In March, my grandmother died of that same year, two months later. I went to Haiti two months after the earthquake. I, had, I got to see and witness with my own two eyes the actual impact my dollars made on the ground. Within two months, I saw it. People were coming up to me. Some people didn't know it was me. Some people just because, like I said, I was sending to someone who was already on the ground, who was going, giving it to someone else that they trusted, and they were going to the market and getting rice and grains and buying rice and stuff from the farmers. I was practically buying farmers out. Let's just say the people who needed to make money around that time made money. Some farmers and some markets and some people got money on the ground. A lot of people didn't know it came from me. They didn't know that it was me organizing all of these people around. Oh, that's from June. But the people who did know were like, June, I can't believe this. Thank you so much. You have no idea. People crying. I'm, I'm grieving for my grandmother, my mother's mother. I'm there. It, the conditions in Haiti are, are not safe. Uh, my head is on a swivel. I have to, I'm there looking to protect my mother. And I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that she's okay. And I'm noticing I'm grieving a great deal for my grandma. I'm grieving for the country. I'm grieving for the people that are suffering. And at the same time, I'm filled with a certain level of encouragement because I'm noticing that my generosity and the generosity of the people around me helped make things a little bit better for people on the ground. That's why we're naming this episode Charity. That's the reason why giving and generosity is what the doctor is ordering to as far as right now. If there's a prescription for what ails you right now, if I were to prescribe something for you right now, if you're if you're listening to this and you're suffering from depression, anxiety, you have a certain amount of angst about the future or your present your present is giving you angst and the uncertainty of the future. There's that old saying that looking into the past creates regret and looking too far into the future creates anxiety. You have to remain in the present, but sometimes your present is, is not a present. It doesn't feel like much of a gift, does it? I'm going to say to you, small gestures for people around you that may be in worse situations than yourself. And if you're able to Find a way, despite how you're feeling, to offer a word of encouragement, to offer a, a little guidance, companionship, take a walk with that person, have a talk with that person. And just for a moment, you'll forget how much you're suffering because you were able to help someone else who is suffering as well. Because I got to tell you, my grandma and I were semi close, but I loved that woman. And more than love, I really respected her. 
She's an archetype. She's a role model in, in, in many, many ways. A super strong, fiercely loyal matriarch. That woman was Suzanne. Suzanne Ogine. O-G-I-N-E. Suzanne Ogine. A beautiful woman. Strong, high-pitched voice. Very squeaky, high-pitched voice. But don't let that high-pitched shriek of hers fool you into thinking she wasn't as strong as a hundred-year-old you know, tree, she was amazing. She was a source of strength. She was a straight shooter. And I was hurting to go to Haiti and to travel two hours. Because another thing, I'm traveling into a country where the jails were destroyed and the inmates are running the streets. Some of the biggest, baddest men on the block, men who have been deported from the United States and Europe and all of that, the jails are destroyed. So I have to travel from, oh, by the way, the airport was practically destroyed. It was some satellite sort of airport near the airport that was <laughs> working. So I'm in the car with my mom. We have to spend a two hour trip going from Port-au-Prince to the countryside. Now under normal conditions going to Haiti, that's somewhat of a harrowing journey. You're not entirely sure if someone is going to look at you like you are food. There are predators out there that may consider you prey because you are from the United States. You have more than they do. And all of a sudden, the criminal element is looking to take advantage of you. So you can end up kidnapped, held for ransom or just flat out killed. So that trip from the airport to the countryside under normal conditions has it's a uh, own set of challenges under normal. And I put normal in quotes and it's italicized under normal conditions. It has its uh, challenges. Think about right now. The jails are empty. Homes are destroyed. The inmates are out in the street. It's like having the Joker leave Arkham like, oh, and all of his cohorts. That's what's going on. But there's no Batman. OK, there's no Justice League. It's just the people on the ground getting victimized. So I'm already under a heightened amount of stress thinking about I got to protect my mom. I'm thinking I may not get out of this alive, but I have to bury my grandmother. I can't just send money and I can't just send my mother. I'm saying, Mom, if you go, I go. I said, Mom, are you going? She says, I have to go, June. I said, all right, then I'm going with you. And I went as the eldest of two. I went. That's my job. And here I am. My head is on a swivel. And I'm ho and then and then I'm seeing tent cities going as far as the eye can see. Just tents of people. Tents. I'm just watching. I'm looking. And it and, and it was a lot. I didn't realize how much I I had uh, observed and absorbed until after I came back to Florida. So I, I got on the ground with all of that going on. Uh, with all the families that were grieving, because not only was my grandmother being buried, there are a ton of funerals going on. You forget all those pickup trucks. I'm seeing those pickup trucks that I was hearing about with my own two eyes. I'm on the road going to the countryside. I'm seeing trucks in front of me going back to the country, and I'm seeing uh, 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 trucks going in the opposite direction, going to the city. And they have wooden coffins in the back of the pickups. And this is the scene 
wondering if I'm going to get kidnapped, killed, wondering if I can save my mother. I'm holding on to a pistol. I don't know if this pistol works because uh, one of the drivers gave me something to hold. I said, yo, make sure you give me something. He said, he gave me something. And so now I got this pistol on my hand, I, I, pistol on my hip. I don't know if it's going to work if the time comes for me to protect me and mine. <laughs> and there's coffin trucks in front of me and coffin trucks passing me by on my left side, coffin trucks in front of me. That's the scenario. And then I got to bury my grandma and I'm going into a city, a town, a country town, which I love going to, by the way. Going back to my mother's hometown always fills me with a certain level of uh, there's a certain level of fellowship and family that I haven't felt almost any place else. Maybe Hawaii when I lived there. Um, Haiti is special to me, not just because it's the it's the uh, my my one of my ancestral homelands, but because of the energy I derive from being on the ground there specifically where my mother's from and where my grandmother's from and where my grandfather's from specifically. But at this particular moment, I'm not drawing energy from that because all I'm getting is somber energy from people that are burying their loved ones, people who have lost businesses, lost loved ones. Now they're in the countryside and their future is completely uncertain. And then to have people come up to me and say that that gesture that I made helped. And then the one family member that, I, that was helping me the most on the ground, he's pulling me to the side. He has his arm around me and he's whispering in my ear saying, June, you see that rice over there? That's you. You see that over there? I'm talking about a whole truck full of rice that's coming into the city, coming into the, um, um, our town from the market. He said, you see all those plantains? That's you. You see all that? that? That's you. He's pointing at everything. He said, yo, boom. And I'm like, really? He said, yeah, yeah. He showed me the receipts. He said, yo, when you sent that, I went to this guy. Then the other guys came and said, that was you who did this. And I, and I literally kind of put my fingers to my mouth and I went, shh, don't tell anybody. And he, they just looked at me and saying, you did this. And I said, and I said, a lot of people helped. And let me tell you something. That energy was the energy I used to get through the funeral proceedings of my, for my grandmother. That's what I used as extra and added fuel to be strong for my mom. That's what I used to create a celebration after my mom's, my grandmother's burial. And I brought a lot of people into, the, to, into our backyard and we had a lot of alcohol and a lot of food and we barbecued for a night and a half. I mean, I think we must have eaten food and I must have fed people for 12 hours straight. And when I say I, I want to say we, because certain listeners out there were contributors to that. They know who they are. There are people listening to this episode right now that were contributors to that. You understand? So I partied. I poured out a little Haitian rum, a little bob and cool for my grandma. I said, Grandma, I just want you to understand that no matter how far away I live, this place is still home and I'll do what I can when I can. Wherever you are, just know that. And that's what I was able to do. While Anderson Cooper and his cadre were saying it couldn't be done, I was already, I already did it. Months later, he's saying how the difficulties and the logistics on the ground made it proved challenging for these multinational corporations, blah, 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 blah. 
while he was talking about doing it, I did it. And that was just what the doctor ordered. Prescribed, eh, couple of milligrams of charity, generosity, sympathy, empathy, and action. We got it done. And I'm happy about that. So I'm asking the people out there, there's going to be some people around you. You're going through it right now. A lot of us are going through it. You're going through it. Job-wise, some people are asking you to go back into work, and they may be asking you to do some things that you may not want to do to enter back into that workplace. That's proving to be challenging. Maybe you have children, or maybe you yourself are in college, and your college is asking you to do some things that you may not want to do. Or you may have already done it, but you still feel anxiety because those there are those out there who haven't done it. And you're saying to yourself, I, I feel sort of protected, but I also feel vulnerable for those who haven't gone through certain precautions or procedures, however you perceive it. So you're going through all, all kinds of angst. You have parents who are saying, I'm not comfortable sending my kids to school if they have to be mandated to do this or not mandated to do this. To mandate or not, that is the question. Well, regardless of where you are in these conversations, there is a heightened level of anxiety and uncertainty for good reason. And I'm telling you that I have a couple of friends of mine that are going through some things that far outweigh what I'm going through. And um, what's always helped me is helping others. <laughs> what's always helped me is being available and being of service. It's always helped me. It, I don't do it for selfish reasons. It's pretty much how I'm built. So if someone is in need, I hear if a friend, if I go, yo, what's up? And I'll notice just even the way they say, I'm good. I'll go, eh, I don't know if they're good. Then all of a sudden, I'll give them a call. I'll say, hey, what, what's going on? Uh, then we'll go into a conversation. I'll forget what I was going through. And not just for that moment, but after I get off the phone or after I meet with them or whatever, I'll feel energized. Something I get from that exchange, that sympathy, that, that giving, that whatever you want to call it, it energizes me. Somehow, somewhere, it's some sort of recyclable energy that I'm able to use to fuel me, to help me through my thing, even if that person had no advice. Lots of times, many times, often, uh, uh, they don't know what's going on with me. I'm, I'm calling them to find out what's going on with them. I'm not using that as an opportunity to bend their ear and go, yeah, you know, yeah, I can relate because I'm going through this right now. Nah, if it can't, if, if I can't use what I'm going through to help them, then I don't mention it. I may mention some past thing that I resolved if I feel that it's a teachable moment or a valuable lesson or a teachable lesson. But I'm not just going to I'm not just going to uh, uh, inject what I'm going through into the conversation just because I know people like that. You call them for some advice and they end up talking about their stuff and you're like, yeah, uh, OK, <laughs> that's not me. So what the doctor is ordering. I feel what the doctor orders us to do to prescribe for us to feel better. The prescription is a selfless act. Try to reach out to someone amongst us who may need an ear to bend. 
They may need someone to speak to. Maybe you have just the kind of sage advice that that person is looking for. Or maybe you don't have the advice, but they just need someone to hear them out. Just to hear them out. Just so they can say all the crazy things that's going on in their head, just to get it out of their head. And so they can make sense of it when they, when they finally get it out of themselves. So I want you guys out there, I'm encouraging everyone out there to do that. Take a moment and do that for those around you. And I'll segue and say that I am setting up uh, something to get supplies and food and money down to the island of Haiti. Money first, because I don't know how to get supplies down there right now, but there are already supplies and markets and things like that on the ground. So I can get money to the people that are on the ground that can get the food and supplies, etc., etc. So definitely hit up my cash app, dollar sign June Bow, J-U-N-B-E-A-U. And um, let's see if we can help some people that are going through something infinitely worse than many of us are going through. People have lost their lives. People have lost their homes. People have lost everything. And they don't have the kind of infrastructure that can support them losing anything. There is no infrastructure. There is no floor. There is no parachute. Uh, there is none of that. And uh, because of that, uh, these people are on their own. And without our help, without the, without the generosity, of many of us out there, these people will starve. They'll die. Uh, they'll be in, 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 in very desperate uh, times. And uh, yeah, let's uh, prescribe. That's the prescription. Little charity, little generosity. Let's get to it. Talk to you soon. <laughs>